right, guys. We are back with episode 23 of the 443 podcast. Reese, how you doing, man? Good. Wagwan, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to, I think this is episode 22. Uh, no, 23. 23 of the 443 pod. Uh, big episode. Bunch of big results. The title race is wide open now. But Matt, we're going to jump all the way back to the Monday game of Palace at home, losing to Chelsea 3-1 to in... A very close contested game until the last couple minutes. That also has kind of my opinion seismic results throughout the league. Yes. Um, first off, uh, big news from Palace is after this game, they have now sacked Roy Hodgson and replaced him with Glasnier, mm-hmm. who is coming from the Bundesliga. Is that right? No. Austria? I thought he was their assistant coach. He was the assistant coach? Yeah. Well, he's, I think he was from the Bundesliga or the Austrian League oh, previously, maybe. Gotcha. Either way, uh, they, they have decided to replace H- uh, Hodgson uh, after the results of that game. Uh, but let's jump into the game itself. Matt, what were your thoughts? This, Like you said, this was a tight game. Um, that What I have my notes in here is the it was a beauty of a goal the 29th minute. Uh, that was a result of great pressure from Crystal Palace to get their opening goal for Lerma. Lerma, sorry. What a and, a and a very nice goal from Lerma as well. Um, Chelsea managed to set another weird record where they had the most passes completed in a game before a shot was taken. I think it was like 485 passes or something like. I say, what was it before? Like 250 yeah. for Pep's Cup Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know, but the because I remember the first time I ever watched Pep's Barcelona play, it seemed like they passed it forever, and then randomly some guy appeared. It was messy. Yeah, just messy no, it wasn't know. messy. It was um, Iniesta. I think. Oh, okay, okay. He appeared just right in their lines, and they passed him. He just turned and kicked the ball, and there was nobody in between Iniesta, him and the goal. <laughs> Iniesta was the magician back in yeah. his heyday. Um, but yeah, it was just. I'd say for a total accumulation of the game, it was about 20 minutes of good Chelsea. And then the remaining uh, 70 minutes was poor Chelsea. Well, that night, that 91st minute by Gallagher goal was, it was clutch. But like, where were the celebration police on you guys for that? <laughs> you didn't win anything. Okay, so let's let's. I, I'm making a joke. Yeah, guys. no, I got I'm you. Just, the, so knows the, I don't subscribe to the celebration police. I'm just being a dick. Before the 90th minute goal, let's go to the uh, the first goal that Chelsea had scored, which was a great cross from mm-hmm. Gusto to Gallagher for the first. Because Gallagher scored the first two. Right, and I thought Gallagher this week in general has really taken a step as an attacking midfielder, a true ten. Um, and we'll get into the City game as well because he had some great progressive passes as well. Because he he did. In the last two games I watched, he it seemed to me before he was a band-aid covering up the issues. I'm not issues, maybe is the better word. The inconsistencies created by Caicedo and Enzo's mm-hmm. partnership not gelling. Yeah. And it seems like in this game he said, I'm gonna be the lead dog, you guys back me up. Yeah. And what I thought does that, does that make sense? For sure. Okay. Um he, he definitely took a step this week in regards to being a true ten because I've given him a lot of flack this season. I think that's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um but because he is playing the most important position for an attack, he finally took the step that he needed to take. Now, we hope that this can continue over the rest of the season so we don't have to look into possibly selling another homegrown asset. You know, and you unfortunately, to... he seems to win the one that's on the block. And you laughed at me when I said he should go for 70 to 80. And you were like 50 to 60. But now 70 to 80 yeah, is 70, like a more realistic yeah. price with the way he's performing. And I think it maybe he can... It, well, I don't think he's Caicedo and Rice level, but I think he's that one... Just right below it. Maybe yeah. I think you could get 88 from somebody out of him. I got you. If one of the big, but the problem is you're really limited on who you can sell to. For sure. With that, that price tag. Yeah. You're limited to 
one of the big six Premier League clubs. I'm not, not even sure Tottenham and Arsenal can afford it. Tottenham can because well, that's true. Yeah, Tottenham can. You're right. And they're they've been the team most I guess linked, linked to, him. to him. Yeah. Oh, he would be phenomenal on that Tottenham team. Yeah, but it, it, so into the game, mm-hmm. right? I mean, with what Gallagher did, he was the X factor for Chelsea on Monday, and he also. Um, was very influential in the last goal as well with Enzo Fernandez scoring mm-hmm. the the it was to the, seal it off. It was the Connor Gallagher show. Yeah, for sure. And and it seems like he shows up most against a team that he played for last What's season. Funny? Yeah, he played for Crystal Palace and he just got his old boss canned. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but credit to Chelsea. Well, he apologized to Roy right before where he left. Like, <laughs> uh, or maybe he doesn't like Roy and it was just he wanted him gone. Before we jump into the weekend <laughs> slate, Matt, let's let's let's. Talk about Palace going forward. Um, it felt like this was coming, even though we both felt like they should have... Waited we, till the end of the season. We didn't think that they would be relegated. And if you're not going to be relegated and you're already mid-table, yeah. there was no purpose in really giving him yeah, the sack. You can't give the new manager any reinforcements. Exactly. You're handing him a squad that's... They sacked hobbled. him right after January. Very mm-hmm. weird time to sack yeah, a quarterback. That's, or that's why I thought that his job was safe. A coach. It, yeah. You know? I but, agree. I mean, you lose to get battered by 10th place Chelsea. I mean, you got to reevaluate where you're at. Right. Sorry, man. I had to make right. a joke. That's all good. Uh, <laughs> deserved as well. Um, but yeah, so Palace, I mean, going forward, uh, we'll have to see if they play any different. But they're still kind of banged up with Elise, Elise and Eze being out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see what type of squad comes out tomorrow against Everton. Because that's going to be uh, a very good idea of what Palace team we're going to get the rest of the season, I think. Let's go ahead and jump into the Saturday slate here. With uh, uh, Brentford-Liverpool. Yes, sir. Uh, Liverpool won this game 4-1 to one, um, over Brentford. Yeah, and this was at uh, away for Liverpool win mm-hmm. as well. Um, yep, down in London. Dom- in West London. Yep, yep. Uh, dominant performance for Liverpool. Um, Salah was back in the lineup, and he was the X, X factor. And I thought McAllister, again, was great. Only issue is they were hampered by injuries. Um Jota came off with what looked like a very bad injury, and also Curtis Jones was injured as well. So we'll have to see their status for next weekend for the Carabao Cup final. But those are two big losses if they're going to be missing extended periods of time. And to me, I mean, you I, there were three points from this game, and you just solidified the my middle point. My first point of this was that you just saw how rough this was on Thomas Frank. Yeah, I mean. The man's face during this game. Every time they scored, they'd show him. He looked like that picture of Willem Dafoe in the back of a taxi cab where he looks yep, manic. Yep. He's just like, and I was, just, and I was just asking you, like, why would Liverpool be interested in Frank? And then he, they go to his house and just kick the, the crap out of him. And Brentford didn't even play bad. No, you know, they, I think Liverpool dominated. They played Brentford ball. Yeah, which is an organized low block and look for the counter. But Liverpool was just too clinical in the final third and. Darwin had the nice chip uh, uh, for that first goal as well. I thought that was a very nice finish from him. I know it's going to be a rough day when Darwin Nunez scores because he never scores alone. Exactly. He either scores himself in a bunch or everyone else piles on after him. Exactly. If he's um, the opener goal, I'm just like, oh. I, and when I saw that, I was just like, oh, man, this is going to be 3-1 to one at the minimum. For sure. And with Trent being out for the Carabao Cup final as well. Um, you guys might win it. No, no. <laughs> we'll we'll do a prediction for that, I guess, as well. But oh, We'll get to it in stoppage time. For sure. Um, but in terms of Liverpool and their title race going forward, this is cracked wide open now with the result that we'll get into. That was my third point, that this set up the weekend yeah. amazingly. For because sure. the next game 
ties into this game, and then the final game of Saturday ties into this game too. Exactly. If they were doing storytelling, if this is scripted like they say the NFL is or WWE, they set this script up beautifully I for know. this Saturday. Okay. I was on pins and needles all Saturday. This is why we watched the Premier League, man. Mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, into the next game here, we have Burnley at home getting absolutely destroyed 5-0 to Arsenal. Um, ever since we criticized Arsenal in the sec- uh, in the first half against Palace a couple weeks ago, you guys have looked like a totally different Arsenal team since. What were your thoughts on the Some game? Some amazing chants have come out. Yeah. Who put the ball in Burnley's net? Half the planking team did. That's so crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you guys are pulling that chant out against a relegation side. You I guys know, won 6-0 against, against West Ham yeah, like last week. That's where it week. started, yeah. It's crazy, man. But what, what were your thoughts on the game, Matt? So, this game to me was just like the Liverpool game. Like... <coughs> I just enjoyed watching it. With the Liverpool game, I was feeling bad for Thomas Frank. Yep. But watching, they kept showing, um, God, what's his company in the box. With the company, yep. It just seemed like they had no real answers to stop Arsenal. It looked to me like they set up a game plan to go, how did West Ham get done? Mm-hmm. We're going to do all that. But then they didn't realize that they're just going to open up a whole set of other problems. Your guys' defense has been immense uh, the last couple, since the start of the year, I should say. Um, You guys had, in the last two games, 0.02 or 0.2 XG, something like that, between West Ham and Burnley in the last two games, which is, you had 0.0, I believe, against Burnley. It was 0.22 last weekend, I believe, and this weekend was 0.34. Crazy. Um, So that is less than an expected goal between two games of 90 minutes, and uh, it's just impressive, and... Did you, know, you see Sokka's goal? Sokka that, goal was... Oh, sorry, the second Sokka goal. Was that with his right foot where he rocketed yeah. top? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very good goal. Where uh, he just basically, they're like, get him onto his weak side, and he scores from his weak side. <laughs> Sokka's looking like his, his, his self yeah. again since the start of the year. Uh, I do want to get a... Uh, I mean, I agree with Rio Ferdinand. If he really buckles down and works hard, he may get to the level of Phil Foden by the end of the year. Maybe early next year. Yeah, for sure. Um Kivior again, very good. Don't wink at me. I understood the joke. Uh, Kivior again was really good. And then uh, Kai Havertz with the very special goal as well with the nutmeg. So cre- uh, credit to Arsenal. And I I am not worried going forward, but we need to get back some of our injured players. It was good to see um, Jorginho back. For sure. But he still can't seem – he won't think – I don't think he'll be able to play a full 90 for a while. Um, but Arsenal started this game – or last game with seven starting players out. And now they're down to or well they've got Jorginho back. I don't know if they counted him in that stat yeah. because the problem with Arsenal is that every player could start the game and we could win it. Yeah, but we got one back, so we still have six key players out. Credit to Arsenal, uh, huge result. Burnley, you guys need points, but I guess we can consider this a dust off game. But it's getting to that time of, of the year where there's really no more dust off games. Is with there? Sheffield and Burnley, I don't think any of these games can speak against their dust off games anymore. With Luton Town, I think they still and Everton still have that cushion, especially Luton with the game in hand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, credit, credit to Arsenal. What a huge result. Where um, are we heading next, sir? We have Fulham at home losing to Aston Villa two to one. Matt, what were your thoughts on this game? Let me bring this one up here. Old school. Oh yeah, the Ollie Watkins show. I really yes. this was I watched the the what you would call it's the um, highlights of this game because it was on at the same time as like a yep. slew of other games and it was just kind of good to see um, Villa get back. But it was also with Fulham, you never know if Fulham's going to show up. Yeah. 
And this is the bad Fulham. And they were just, the good Fulham was just here. I just, yeah. it's like they're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Clark Kent and Superman. I never know what I'm going to get. Yeah, they're like a light switch. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can turn on and turn off. Sometimes they just turn off and they don't ever turn back on, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, and this, you just, watching this game, I mean, their striker, uh, Mooney's. Mooney's scored a pretty good goal, but yeah, it, they never looked like they were going to win. It was kind of the opposite of the um, the Luton Town Manchester United game we just watched, for sure. And with Muniz, uh, he's now scored in either three straight great three straight games with three goals or two straight games with three goals, something like that. So he's starting to hit form, which is crucial for Fulham going forward. But I'm with you, man. This was the Ollie Watkins show. The second goal that he scored was a true striker's goal. He had like a 180 uh, turn, half turn that he did, and then just put it bottom corner, you know, beautifully, which. I'd say is a proper striker's goal. So mm-hmm. credit to Villa. Um, with losing Bubakar Kamara last week, which was a huge loss for them, it's going to be pretty tough for them going forward, I'd say, for the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, I, 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 them and Spurs, when they they face each other, is going to be a decisive match for that for sure. Champions League spot. Yeah, and, and you know, with the Sunday game that just happened that you alluded to with Lewin and Manchester United, Manchester well, United isn't out of that race. No, yeah, yet. and I was just going to say that Manchester it, any match between four, five, and six right now is going to be big, just as big as one, two, and three facing each other. For sure. Uh, but credit to Aston Villa, uh, staying within that top four race. I think they're still holding the fourth spot. We'll jump into the table there. Jumping into their counterparts, the counterparts, the team that's trying to jump them in the in the in the in the in the table. Tottenham at home, losing to Wolves two to one. We saw our patron saint finally back in the lineup, Wangi Chan, his mate, yeah, Pedro Neto, who. Was insane again. That uh, assist he did for the sec, the put away goal was. I just I want that man in a gunner's kit. <laughs> <laughs> the way he just runs down the wing, it looks like he's never going to be caught every single time. I don't know how he does it, but there's just always so much space for him with the way Gary O'Neill sets up his team. Matt, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the Cherry Prince. You know, we talk a lot about Klopp. Talk a lot about all these other managers. Should we consider Gary O'Neill as being one of the Premier League managers of the season so far, considering he just got the job two days before the season even started? He has to be in that conversation. He, he isn't. I believe he should be in the conversation. It's just, I don't know what it is, man. He, the, I know he has a personality, but it just doesn't scream for it. Like, you look at, like, a hit guy, like him and Thomas Frank next to each other. To me, Frank... Tells a story with his face. Same with Pot or Pasacoglu. Both those guys, they tell like Pasacoglu tells it with his voice. Frank tells it with his mannerisms. To me, Gary Gary O'Neill doesn't really tell. Isn't a great storyteller. I gotcha. Yeah, but he's me. a great coach, and I think that unless something crazy, ha- I mean, if Klopp in his last season wins the title, he's probably going to get it. Yeah. If Arteta wins it, he has a, the, the chance to get it because he's the first manager since Sir Alex left, where it hasn't been a a city or a Liverpool in a long time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Pep should be in it. I think Gary O'Neill should be in it. I also think that Unai Emery should be in it because he took a, the, the husk of a team left to him by Steven Gerrard and turned it into something great and amazing. But um, Gary O'Neill has done phenomenal work, and I really think he should be praised. But I don't know, man. He just – to me, there's a certain kind of pantomime villain and hero to this game, and he doesn't strike me as either one. I gotcha. He's like the guy from Office Space who sits in the basement and talks about his stapler. Yeah, hi, Matt. We're going to need you to come into work yeah. on Monday. Um, I just uh, beat Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but with Gary, no, I respectfully disagree, though. Okay, yeah. in, in regards to this, I think he is a very intense manager. He's had a lot of VAR decisions going against him this season, and he's made that very clear to the public. I think with what you're saying, he doesn't show the, I guess... His intensity on a regular basis. Yes, he only like, he shows it more in spurts when there's really something that is like something going against the team that well, isn't favorable. Yeah, so like. let me maybe crystallize my thoughts because he's up against Hostacoglu this weekend. Um, I've seen all sorts of clips on the audio clips on Arsenal podcasts I've listened to and on social media of Hostacoglu almost breaking his good guy character yeah. in this game. I just think that maybe it's not that he's a bad or less intense person. He's just among the top A league of the the man, actor manager. Yeah. I mean, with, if Mourinho came into this league to coach Man United, it would just be complete. But, I mean, you have good guy Pastacoglu losing it. You have – we'll get to your coach. But then you have crazy man Arteta. You got crazy man Klopp. You got the mad genius in Pep. Yeah, Ariola, who always looks like he's dressed to go to a '90s like bar and pick up girls, which yeah, I absolutely yeah. love. This shirt and the t-shirt and the his fit. Coat. His fit today was her. Yesterday yeah, it was cold. I yeah. liked it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think he kind of gets lost in that shuffle because like Frank seems like a tactical genius who doesn't really. I know he speaks very good English, you're but he just seems like he doesn't talk, and that makes you think he's more intelligent. You're right. I mean, it's going to be hard for O'Neill to be in the manager of the season conversation yeah. because of the quality of the yeah. managers there are right now, and I, I, I'm with you in that regard. Like, even Vincent Company outshines him in press conferences. Yeah, I, I can think of two Vincent Company moments. I can think of only one Gary O'Neill moment. I gotcha. Now, in regards to— Luton manager, too. The Luton manager's got a class and style, and he looks cooler on the touchline than him, too. Let's get into the game itself. Sorry, Gary uh, O'Neill. I respect the shit out of you, man. You're an awesome guy. <laughs> for the first goal that Wolves scored uh, off the corner, Zhao Gomez, mm-hmm. the tiniest guy on your set piece is scoring the goal, man. I, I think this is more on Spurs' lack of defensive awareness in that spe- uh, uh, corner, especially. That kind of cru- uh, killed them off. And then he, he, again, was crucial for the Neto goal as well. So Spurs, I, I was thinking of something because I, I was over I was out um, out yesterday and I saw a bar and they had drag racing on in the background. Yeah. And Spurs remind me of a drag racer. It's amazing going forward, but it can't do go do turns. Once you get in behind them with a long ball or a, a run when their entire attack is forward against their high line, they can't seem to compensate. Yeah, and that's just the 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 type of Boston Cogley style yeah, of play. It's, and this it's, is, it's they're willing to they're willing to sacrifice ball. themselves mm-hmm. to throw haymakers back. They are they are they're a boxing team, right? Yeah, and mean, they just couldn't outbox this Wolves team. Yeah, very resilient uh, Wolves performance considering uh, Spurs what looked like had bulk possession. Wolves are very good and organized. So uh, credit to Wolves, credit to Gary O'Neill, and of course credit to uh, uh, Pedro Neto again with another outstanding performance. And our patron saint. Yep. That'll be his name. Welcome back, Wang. Um, next game here, guys. We have Nottingham Forest at home defeating West Ham 2-0. Matt. Uh, we talked last week about how this game was going to be deciding West Ham's season going forward. And because they had Arsenal previously, we thought, and United the week before that, we thought this was the turning point for them. 2-0 mm-hmm. to West Ham. What were your thoughts on the game? So, I, I think I was very harsh on, um, what's his name? I forget Nuno? His name. No, no, the West Ham manager. David Moyes. David Moyes. I was. I think I was very harsh. But did you hear his clap back when people basically said what I said to him? And I in his I, press conference. I respect that. I mean, you know, there is a lot of like people do want to see a certain style of play. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is a game of results, and Moyes gets results. 
He's usually, had him the best spot in the table they've been. He's got him silverware. Yeah. They haven't had that. They've never won the league. They've never won a European trophy. He's given them a European trophy, and he's put them in the top half of the table the entire time he's been there. Yeah. Except for last year when he got them a trophy. Yeah. That got them into the Europa League when they were nowhere qualified for it. Yeah. Um, I respect his his kind of clap back on people like me, but I don't. I think he makes it to the end of the season, but I don't know who you replace him with. If they want to keep buying players like Kudus and Paqueta, mm-hmm. they have to replace Moyes. Yeah, they They're, do. His style of play is so different than that. That is to what these players' skill sets do are. Do you think um, Graham Potter would do a good job there? For sure. I mean, it it's just has to be a, a a manager with a with a mind that is willing to attack. It can't okay. be a, a Moyes Hodgson style low block or. or absorbing pressure type of team because that's not these type of players so somebody whose job might uh, might be free on the market because they uh had a colossal mess up uh tommy tuchel do you think he would do good there i don't think he would go to west ham but yes he would do very well okay. there <laughs> um but let's give credit to forest man let's let's go to the other side because they, i think it would be a good break for him coming off of Bayern and chelsea yeah. to go like not low pressure but medium pressure when he for came sure. from like you're so your fan base, like they say that Arsenal fans are reactionary. Your fan base is just as reactionary when I see it. That ultra hyper reactionary kind of thing that he came from to Bayern Munich, who if they don't win the title, the world's caving in. I think it might be a nice, you know, project for him to sink his teeth into. The issue is, Matt, this isn't a vacation spot. We're talking about the Premier League here. But, <laughs> but yeah. for Thomas Tuchel, I think it would be a vacation spot. That's how highly I respect the man. Let's let's go ahead and give some right, credit so- to Forrest. Now, with Forrest uh, I thought Awoni uh, or Awoni, oh. dude, he is a special striker. And I'm surprised that there is not more teams that are interested in a player like Awoni because he was maybe injured for a little while and he just came back recently. But he was the star man today. What were your thoughts with Forrest in particular? They came and controlled the game. They saw what Arsenal did to them, took pieces from it. They didn't have to do everything because they don't have the talent level to do it, but they did what they could. They completely boss this game and when Calvin Phillips got put in the man broke and I'm done feeling sorry for Calvin he's had three games he needs to get his head right because he almost hurt by um Emile Smith-Rowe last week and then he almost hurt somebody this week and he's got to get his temper under control yeah I feel for Calvin I feel for him but he's got to stop lashing out and And for somebody who has a temper like me man I'm saying a lot it's (laughs) not even like the fact that he has the temper too, it's the fact that his performance as well has not mm-hmm. been great. He just hasn't, ever since he's moved to City, he has not gotten back to the Calvin Phillips that we saw at Leeds. And it's it's a shame to see. Now, with Forrest, we've seen Callum Hudson-Odoi score in three straight games now. Um, and Morgan Gibbs-White is another great player for them. And Alanga as well had a great game. He had a couple opportunities on goal for West Ham as well. This Forrest attack, Nuno... Mm-hmm. We everyone keeps doubting this group, but they continue to be resilient. It seems like I've never said anything bad except when they did non-football against Arsenal. And hold up, but I, I have receipts, Matthew. Okay, what did I say? We had our predictions last week of the relegation. You had Forrest in that relegation okay. spot as possibly going down. Now yeah, they picked up a huge win. That is a receipt. Thank yeah, you. That is a receipt. <laughs> I agree with you. Well, you presented me based off the table. I got you. I got you. But and in that table, I think that it was they. They are definitely in the talks. I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with. I think court. I had them in the low half. You had them with. You had them in with your percentages. I think you had them at 55 percent of going down. Oh, I, that was 55 percent of them staying up. Yeah. 
I will have to reach out. Yeah. We'll, we'll, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. It, Either way, we need to give respect to to what Nuno has been doing, both of us. And well, they had a game when he first came on where I was just like, "Yeah, this is what Force had in them," and maybe a championship manager isn't able to bring it out of them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but credit to Forest, and they were very defensively defensively resilient as well. Um, West Ham, man, we'll, we'll we'll be asking some questions if this form continues. Into the next game here. Are we finally doing Newcastle Bournemouth? The Cherry Prince heading over to St. James Park, walking away with the point. Two to two draw. Matt, what were your thoughts on the game? I so before I get into my points of the game, I have to have to ask you a question. Did you do you know who Lewis Miley is? Yes, very it looks like somebody's son moved went onto the pitch. Eighteen year old kid. Uh ever he's eighteen, he looks like he's sixteen. Yeah, he's seventeen maybe. Something like that. Well, he looks like he's a freshman in high school. For sure. He is um He's been really good for Newcastle since uh, Longstaff and Jolington were injured. He's basically been a starting in the starting in the team since November. So I mean, he looked good, but I just never seen him before. No, yeah, he's been in this Newcastle side, and and he's been a, a very consistent player for them. I think he scored against Chelsea uh, the last time they played as well. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think he did. Maybe it was just the picture they put up of him at the beginning of the game because he looks like it looks like it may have been taken before he hit puberty because he looks like a different guy on the pitch than he does in that photo. For sure, Matt, give me your thoughts on the uh, game. So on this game, um, this game was a Crystal pa- or sorry, not Crystal Palace. Bournemouth did a great job of taking it to Newcastle on their home ground where other teams have been afraid. For sure. They never backed down. They got pushed down. They got back up. Yeah. And honestly, that first goal was a poacher's goal. Um, Solanke. By Solanke. Like, that was one of those things where the goalie slipped and he just went in there and took the ball in the net. I feel something Garnacho could have learned later in the today. I feel for Dubrovka, man. I've been in that spot before where you kind of miss hit the ball or you slip and fall. and Yeah, and there's oh, nothing you can do. It's painful, man. I know you're paying Dubrovka, but it's because no. it, you kind of feel like the world, everybody's against you at that time when you slip and, and cause but the Newcastle also did the same thing that I was saying that Bournemouth <coughs> did, where they, they didn't quit. This is a, this is a highly contested game. Yep. To me, this is the probably the funnest game to watch outside of Luton Manchester United this weekend. Semenya with a very special goal uh, for for Bournemouth. That was a huge, huge rocket in the bottom left corner. But also, I have to disagree with you, Matt. But go ahead. Go ahead really quick. Sorry, disagree with me on what? No, 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 because this is going to be my segue into the next game. Make your final point and we'll move on. Okay, uh, Anthony Gordon did a great job. And Matt Ritchie's goal to basically seal up the draw and not lose three points was just a great goal. Yeah, uh, I think that was his first goal in like two years or three years or something like that for Newcastle. Pretty awesome story. So where are you setting me up to go? So you said that that was your funnest game outside of the Luton-Man United game. I disagree, my friend. We have Manchester City at home drawing Chelsea one-to-one at the Etihad. Matt, go ahead and make your point. So (laughs) this game was a fun game, but I... Other than wanting you guys to take some points on Manchester United or Manchester City, I didn't really feel invested in it. I got you. But I'm glad you guys got the draw, not just from my perspective, but also just in general to make the title race interesting because you basically negated the in-hand game they have coming up on Tuesday, Manchester City. For sure. This game was very interesting in terms of, but I didn't have any, like, I like Luton. I like Bournemouth. I don't really have any feelings towards either of these two teams it was like it was just like if like liverpool manchester united play unless something benefits the team i like it doesn't really 
get me hyped like those other games. I was hyped that you were hyped. And I was excited that you were having a good game. And I was kind of shocked about our texting chain that you I was like, you guys gotta believe you guys took them for four four last time. You like Pochettino has made a title race for and we said this before I said this to you before court. For a team that's intent, you guys have had seismic impacts throughout the league. In, I don't think I can think of any other 10th place team that has had this much effect on the, the top of the table race than you guys. <laughs> For sure. Really quickly, to the people listening to our show, I will, by next season, promise you guys that Matt will be hype about every big game, regardless of who his feelings are for. Because <laughs> Premier League is that interesting, Matt, I promise. No, I know, I get you, but like, there was something in there that made me want to sit and watch Luton Town try to come back. There's something in there that made me, even though I knew the result of the Newcastle Bournemouth game, hope that I was I saw the wrong score and Bournemouth won the game. <laughs> I got you. In this one, I wanted you guys to win. Everything in me was rooting for you to win, and you basically had to watch um, Rudgery go. Um, what I say? He had to go super saiyan, is what I wrote in my notes to 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 not lose to, to this Chelsea. Yeah, let's let's get into the game. Uh, so really into the first half, right? Um, Chelsea probably should have had around two to three goals. Uh, Nico Jackson, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, takes a terrible touch, goes right into Ederson. I don't know why you goofies are not starting Christopher Nkunku. We spent $60 million on him. How much did you pay for Nico Jackson? Yeah, uh, about 30 28, something like that. Nothing, okay. nothing crazy. But Nico Jackson deserved to play. He had a great game outside of the, the first 25 minutes, I'd say. He was very bad the first 25 minutes. And I'll defend minutes. him, man. He's like 22. Like, For I, sure. I hate and he's when, a very raw player. Yeah. Very, very... He has a when, lot of room to grow. When you, that you guys bought him, I remember you and me were texting during the this section of the transfer rumor or transfers yeah. window where you were saying, Cuckoo's for now, Nico Jackson's for the future. Unfortunately, because Nkuku keeps getting hurt, yep. you constantly have to keep throwing the future into buzzsaws. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, and that's the thing is Nico's had a lot of pressure on him since he's joined because and of the... A lot the... of people talk shit about him, yeah. man. And I feel so bad for the kid because it's like it's like old men who've never played the game like me. Well, actually, I played the game, but I never played it competitively. Right. But are talk, talk so much trash about him. I feel so bad because yeah. he was meant to be your... Your Eddie and Kedia, or your someone um, you can grow yeah. and, and and make sure he's he's polished by the time yeah. he's ready for full starting time. Now, when we go from missing three or two to three goals possibly in the first half, City had a definite goal scoring opportunity with Holland header in the first half. That if Holland had been playing the last seven games, he probably scores that nine times out of ten. Well, what's crazy to me is he seems like he to me he's missed half the season so far, and he's still the number one scorer in the league. Yeah, which is crazy. But your guys' XG was 1.83, and I think this number is a pretty much Holland. 2.78 for Manchester City. Yeah, the guys, they had 31 shots on us, uh, only five on target. So very defensive resilience uh, from uh, Chelsea. And that's where you guys have struggled most of the year has been your defense, right? Uh, everywhere, Matthew. Uh, okay. Everywhere. I don't know why I keep calling you by your full name. Full I feel name. like I'm in trouble. <laughs> like, everywhere, I'm, I'm just needling him today, and he's just like, listen, Matthew, you little <laughs> punk ass. <laughs> uh, Chilwell played very well against Foden. Uh very good, and then I feel like here's the thing uh, with why Chelsea fans are mad, and I, I think I can agree with you, agree with them specifically of yesterday. It's like 
We helped out literally every other damn team in the league but ourselves with that point. Well, there's this, there's a meme going on of Chelsea win, still 10th. Chelsea draw, still 10th. Chelsea lose, still, still 10th. 10th. Yeah. And, and it seems like you guys... like the, the thing is, is if we win that game, we are into 8th place. And that's yeah. what's the most... And we're one point off, you know, 7th place, a couple points off 6th place. And unfortunately, it's because every team that's above you got at least a point yeah. this game. So your point didn't matter. matter. Yeah. And it... For you, my friend, it it hurts me when you, to see you like this because I'm used to Chelsea fans just being Ignorant. dicks, yeah, being dicks. And you're the exception of the rule. I've never, I've only ever met two Chelsea fans that weren't just rubbed me the wrong way. But most of them I meet are on the tube in England, for sure, and for sure. Um, just proper prats. Yeah. yeah, but they have had a right to talk trash, and they historically have a right to talk trash. But right now, they're very angry. (laughs) And it's very confusing because it's like, you guys had a hell of a week. You basically got a man sacked who is a venerated old manager. And then you go and you take the champions to the limit. And not like Aston Villa and Arsenal and Liverpool, when they've gotten points and wins against the City team, have not gotten points and wins against the fully stocked team. You've been one of the few teams that had to go against fully stocked. Yeah. KDB's back. Holland's back. Rodri's back. And then on top of that, you have the magician, like, super sub, Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Like, you guys went against that team. Like, Aston Villa. They went against a depleted Chelsea and they got the win. Arsenal went against a depleted City and got a win. Yeah. Liverpool drew them, I think, this season, right? Exactly. It just you comes... guys have drawn them twice. And both times you've had to face full power. Yeah. and, and... Which is impressive. And you should be proud of that. <laughs> I agree with you, Matt. It's just, I think it's the lack of experience in the team that just kind of, because Chelsea should have held on to the win, and I think it's partially on Poch and partially on the lack of experience, uh, because if the subs, I don't think the subs were the right moves. When you're only up 1-0 against the City side that can score four in two minutes, like, you have to continue to put the pressure on. They should have brought on either Mudrik or Mataweke instead of, t- yeah, instead of taking off the winger for a mm-hmm. center mid or uh, bringing on another center back. But, man, I have to give credit to Axel de Sassi. Uh, he was the man of the match for Chelsea. He had two or three, you know, goal-saving clearances, defenses, whatever it is. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was a big game. Uh, a proper um, one-to-one draw. I'd say it was fair for both sides. Even though City technically dominated the game, Chelsea put in a good performance on both sides of the ball. Technically, I guess they dominated the game, but it just... Like Holland's chances to me, only one of them really looked like it could have gone in. Yeah, I mean, he had one in the second half too that should have gone in. But I agree with you; those are the only two clear-cut chances that City had outside of that Rodri goal. Um, I'm with you. But Rodri had to go super saiyan. You don't see him do that often. <laughs> it hurts when Rodri scores a last-minute winner against you. I know you know the pain. Of yeah, it. <laughs> it hurts, man. Like he's just too good, and he. Yeah. He didn't. I, I don't know. I've never seen him in interviews or anything, but I would love to like get some interviews and send it to people who speak like Nate, like Spain, Spanish or Argentinian Spanish, yep, yep. and get like the personality of the man. Because to me, he kind of seems like Jokic in the NBA. Jokic, Jokic, yep. who um, he just kind of seems like he'd rather be back in whatever the country he's from. He just, just wants to go back to his farm. Yeah, yeah, he just wants to go back to his farm and watch horse racing and dance with women that are shorter than him. Let's go, let's go ahead and jump into the to the next game here. So, uh, but credit to, to both sides. That was a, that was a fantastic game. Um, and and this, the title race is wide open. We'll get in the title race as well. But 
Into Thank the... you to Mr. Pochettino for that. Yes, yes. Uh, you guys are welcome, all the big six clubs. Um, anyways, at home, Sheffield United, the Blades of Wilder, losing to Bre- uh, Brighton 5-0. Matt, uh, Sheffield got a red card 13 minutes in. Game was pretty much done from there. What were your thoughts what, on the game? Let's show that red card. I want to talk about it later. It's one for of sure. my examples coming up for my stoppage time. Okay. But honestly, this game, is just it wasn't fun, man. Deserby just looked like he had a point to prove, and he was just going to do it. Yeah. And... The, hear the Brighton fans just chanting, make it or give us six or make it six or whatever they yeah. were saying. Like, again, you guys are playing a relegation team. Just let the guy, let the people sit yeah, there and I, sulk in their depression. So, like, for me watching the Arsenal game in my living room in Phoenix, Arizona, eating my Saturday donut and drinking my iced coffee. Sunday donut. Yeah. Or set, no, it was Saturday. Yesterday was Saturday. The Brighton game? Or no, the Arsenal game. Oh, okay, Arsenal, Arsenal. Okay, it was okay. having my Saturday donut. Gotcha, gotcha. I felt bad when the fans were starting to name them, but I was having a great time. <laughs> For this game, it was just like, you're just beating up a Cocker Spaniel puppy, man. Just leave him alone. Ever since... <laughs> stop, stop. They're already dead. <laughs> ever since Brighton uh, lost 5-0 to Luton, they have been on outstanding form. Um, and, you know, maybe they needed that little kick in the behind for them to start to start kicking on. Um, because they have been putting in some very good performances. And I thought specifically Matoma, again, was fantastic. Even though he wasn't on the score sheet, he had a great uh, uh, performance. And also Lewis Dunk as well had an underrated performance as well. He was very good. get a goal. Yeah. Proper Arsenal Man United but, guy. Yeah, but it was, a, it was one of those games where that, that uh, when you looked on Twitter for it, or X, um, that meme of Krusty the Cl- Homer Simpson's Krusty the Clown beating up their version of the Hamburglar for Krusty Burger. Stop, stop. He's already dead. Yeah. It's been happening a lot this weekend. It feels like that, man. And really quick, can I go all the way back to the Wolves-Spurs game? Yeah. I don't think we just gave enough credit to how good Wolves have been this season. Again, Wolves literally just put... They've done the double over Spurs, and they've done the double over Chelsea. Sorry, guys. I just had to say that because I feel like Wolves have been very, very underrated this season and not appreciated It's enough. soft factors that make them fly under the radar. Yeah. They, Gary O'Neill is a great manager. He just doesn't have that. And I get back to my point. Like he just doesn't have that personality. Like, But there's, he more, to, won, there's more to football know, than personality. I give you that. But to me, Pasacoglu is a... Is like his antithetical, yeah, the true. antithetical version of him, the antimatter universe, yeah. where he can lose, and the entire story was about his post presser. For sure, I don't. I'd have to go digging to find Gary O'Neill's victory thing because he did. Like other than that VAR speech, that's the only time I could think about him. But he's a great manager. I agree with you on that. But I'm just he, saying, like with Wolves, like their performances in general this season have just been good. When Wang oh, was yeah. out with uh, with us. I felt lucky Arsenal got out of the point. I'm dreading have to face them in the run-in <laughs> to have them come to our ground sure. when games really count if we stay, if Arsenal can stay in this title race. I'm dreading them coming to the Emirates. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Credit to Brighton. I just wanted to jump back to Wolves because that was a huge win they got over Spurs, and that's Tottenham Hotspur we're talking about, not some regular team. They beat a team that's fourth or fifth in the league. We had to give due diligence to yeah, Wolves. My bad. I agree with you. Um, but, man, I just I feel bad. It's starting to feel bad for Sheffield. Yeah. Um, it's just that point of the season where if they don't pick up results, they're just going to get continue to get beaten down like this, unfortunately. But the Blades of Wilder, they've had some good performances. It just wasn't their day today. But I feel bad if, the, if them and uh, Burnley come back to the championship. They may be coming right back up. One of the yo-yo clubs for sure. 
They're going to be like Norwich for a while, where Norwich kept saying they're the 21st best club in the country. Alrighty, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into the last game of the Wait. Sunday slate. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's not a bad place to be, considering there's teams that would kill to be between hey, first There's, there's, there's a lot of divisions the out there in England. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not disrespecting it. I I agree with you, Matt. Yeah. Um, let's jump into the last Sunday slate here, guys. We have Luton at home losing to United. Very fun game, entertaining. Had everything you wanted. Um, Matt, I want to start before we get into the 22nd goal. I apologize, man. Looking back, I'm, the Chelsea game was just as good as this game. Oh, that's a call. It's okay. um, I think it's just because this one just, had, just fresh literally happened mind. right before sure. you came over. For sure. And But in, into the game itself, before we get into uh, Hoijland's 30... Wait a minute. Guys, We're I'm, I'm, I'm running a very bad review. Let's go back to the Chelsea City game. Levi Colwell at the end of the game had a uh, handball. Did you see that? Do you think that should have been given as a handball? Who is he? He plays for you guys, right? Left center back. He had a. What happened was it was the very last moment of the game, ninety fourth minute. It went to VAR decision. Lands right here on his arm while he's holding. Um, I think it was Ruben Diaz or Ruben Diaz is how his name is pronounced. And the ball Ruben, lands on his Ruben? arm. Ruben? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, he was holding Ruben Diaz, and like he lets go. Ball is just chilling on his arm. He just does a little, little, little flinch up, and the ball falls off. Honestly, guys, honestly, I thought was that it sh- in the box. It wasn't. I honestly thought it should have been. A, I thought it should have been a penalty. Yeah, that by the it, letter, the letter of the laws, we don't understand <laughs> anymore. It technically should have been a penalty. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, I'll bring back my iPad next week. I thought I could survive without it, but. Yeah, I need to I need to get locked back in, guys. My apologies. I just wanted to hear your thoughts because no, that, in my opinion, that should have been a handball. I don't remember it, but when what you're describing by the letter of the law is a handball. It sounded like it should have been in the box. A, yeah. If he had just held his arm statically and held onto the jersey, probably not. Yeah, but if he's not holding the jersey and, and he, he does, let, the, he had a flinch that basically yeah. let the ball come off of him. So I feel like that should have been a handball for City. I feel like VAR was was uh, was ex- having a little too much of the Chelsea weed beforehand. They were liking the the Chelsea performance too much there. Well, <laughs> so I think it's also the referees like underdogs for sure. Um, but it's just so like guys, we need we need concrete rules about this damn game mm-hmm. because we used to have concrete we rules about ro- the we need robot referees. Yeah. Once V once VAR has come in, I have completely lost what the rules of the game are. VAR needs to become a sentient. <laughs> Like we need AI, Brainiac or Terminator that just controls the. the we need rules. we need AI to run to run football, basically. Yeah. Is what Matt's saying. Alrighty, sorry guys again. I'm I'm 0 for two right so now. On my back own. to Luton, Manchester United. Um, Luton one, Manchester United two. Yeah. Um, Roy's was holding. So I went to go get breakfast during the break between these two games, and I came back about nine minutes into the start of the game. I didn't have time to check the score because I was just trying to get home as fast as I could to enjoy my delicious breakfast burrito. And watch this game. Where'd you get it from? Uh, this place called Los Tequilos. Oh, okay. You, you know Los Tequilos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go oh, ahead, go their ahead. breakfast rooms are some of the Fire. best in town. Fire. Uh, it's 16th Street. It's a little drive from here, but it's worth it. For sure. Go oh, ahead, yeah. though. Go ahead. Oh, now I know you like them. I might get us some for uh, next game you're coming over. Please, man. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's get back to the game. We keep... We're, we're, you can always... We're like, we'll talk game. about this off. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mr. Hoisland. So... From looking at the score sheet, I didn't go back and watch the 10 minutes. I just watched the game through. Yeah. Hoijlin scored two goals in under seven minutes. And that's what I came into. And then I walk right into Morris getting a 14-minute, not even an equalizer, but just a changing of the yep. 
the the feel of the game, the ecosystem, whatever you want to call it. You were saying what's happening when I texted you that, right. and I'm like, nothing really. They have to do another one to have it do something, but they're just letting Mandy and I know they're not dead. That what's happening text was yeah. like, what is going on? The game just started. And yeah, I we're just, already at three I'm, goals in under 14 minutes. I woke up like 15 minutes before the game started. Like I'm still like <laughs> half awake, and I've seen three goals in like five minutes. I just I didn't understand what was happening. It was three goals in uh, I know in 14 minutes, but still, half-eyed Reese was like, it was a blur basically. <laughs> Thomas was home. Thomas was watching the game, and he. I opened the door, and I go, what happened? He goes, you missed a lot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, very bad error from the Luton center back for that first goal for Hoysland. Uh He tried to pass it back to his goalie, but it went right under his, his boot, basically, so the stud caught it, and it was just a very bad pass, and Hoysland was right in the pathway. Easy finish for, for a striker who's been on form lately. So we kind of set up all the goals that basically happened. They all happened in the first like 15 minutes of the game. Yep. And then everything else just seemed like Luton was trying to get that equalizer. And Man- half of Manchester United seemed like they didn't want to be there anymore. And the other half seemed like they were just trying to make it 4-2 yeah. or 4-1. L- Luton, Luton played very well um, and united from the midfield back to the defense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Could not uh, yeah. do anything. Because Hoytland and Garnacho <laughs> seemed like they wanted to go score. And everyone else, the new the new young man they've just recently uncovered, he was making some errors that just I've I've seen him before. His name starts with an M. Kobe Mainu. Mainu. Yep. Mainu to me, I get why Manchester United fans are hyped about him. He's a very good looking player, but in this game, I don't know what Luton did, yeah. but they got under his skin. He seemed like him and Casemiro just seemed like they just wanted to hurt people. Casemiro should have gotten a second yellow card in the first half. Uh, he had he's a, a good powder. Yeah, he he definitely. So he got a solidified yellow, uh, I think it was around the 25th minute, and then he had a foul right outside the box where he missed the ball completely and went behind the player. That is a second yellow card, he should have been sent off, this game would have been busted wide open, pause, but that was definitely a point at the game. (laughs) Sorry guys, I was trying to keep a straight face. And I couldn't do it. Oh my gosh! I was staring at you, just making sure. I was trying to keep you locked in. Um, but oh, I'm locked in. Casemiro should have definitely been sent off in the first half. Now you get into the second half. Garnacho and Bruno Fernandez are on breakaways. They both dribble by Kaminsky, the Luton goalkeeper, and they both flop their lines yeah. and could not finish their opportunities. They could not kill off the game, and everyone. Behind the the front four of Hoysland, Bruno, Rashford, and Garnacho was terrible. Absolutely horrendous. Luke Shaw was getting cooked by the right wing back from Luton, uh, who had a great game. I'm blanking his name. Was but, it Chong? No, that's the right wing. But Tahith Chong also had a great game. Former United Academy player. But, yeah, man. I, Ross Barkley had a one hit off the bar right at the end of the game. He also had a great performance. Sambi he La- had two equalizers yeah. that sh- could have gone in. Yeah. Sambi Lakanga had a great mm-hmm. performance. Luton overall had a great performance again. And it seems like they're getting the short end of the stick on games they deserve to have uh, better results from because they're not clinical well, enough. Ultimately, the they game. undid themselves by letting Hoyjun score those two <coughs> goals early on. They made them... Maybe they needed it like a, yeah. a drug addict. They needed it to get up and start their day. I don't know. For but sure. Back back to the the two sitters miss or the sitters missed by Garnacho and Fernandez. I think that I can't do a ten hog impression. He he. I don't hear him speak enough to do it, and he doesn't sound very interesting anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry, I had to dig at him. Um, but if I were him, I would just be showing them pictures of like videos of Solanke and be like, do that. Yeah. 
Do that. I don't understand when Bruno dribbled past. Because Garnacho can do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and I'm not too sure why when Bruno Fernandez dribbled, dribbled past Kaminsky, why he just didn't rocket it into the goal. He decided to pass it in, which was an easy def- uh, save for the defender. And then for Garnacho, he dribbles past the goalie and then cuts back inside from where everybody else would just started to crowd around it. Dude, just take it with your right foot. Like... I don't know. Very, very confusing opportunities from United there where they should have killed off the game, but they capitalized. They walked away with three points, mm-hmm. and they have now won five straight in all competition. Four in the Premier League. Four in the Premier League. So but credit to United for sure. I imagine there are parts of London that the pubs were just, people were furious at Garnacho missing that shot. For sure. Uh, but credit to United, Luton. We'll have to see where they are on the table, and we'll jump into that right now before we go into our break. Back into the table, Sheffield and uh, Burnley still holding strong with 13 points uh, in 19th and 20th place. Everton, who plays tomorrow with 19 points. Luton with 20 points. So if Everton get a result, we could see Luton back into the relegation. And there's no more game in hand for for Luton technically uh, because of that. Um, never mind. I just lied to you. They still have the game. In yeah, hand. they still have that game to replay where their My player bad. had a, um, a seizure against Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, and then you have Villa uh, holding down fourth place with 49 points. City with the game in hand with 53 points. Arsenal with 55 points. And Liverpool deservedly top of the league with 57 points. Guys, we'll be right back with you. We're going to take a break. All right, guys, we are back with the preview of week 26. And actually, there's also the – so there's an additional game into this. Um, Tuesday, Brentford goes to Manchester City to make up for the game that they Ooh. Manchester City didn't play. It's their game in hand. This is why I was saying why this was such a good setup because you guys steal points from them, and this dreaded game in hand will now just make them one point above Arsenal, one point behind Liverpool. And I think it's pretty tricky playing Brentford right off the back of a Liverpool game. They're going to be ready for a big team like City. Mm -hmm. Although I do think City bounce back. I think it's close contested. I'm going to go 1-0 to City. I got 2-0 to City. Holland Holland Brace, maybe? I'm thinking it's going to be KDB and Rodri are going to open them up. Holland's just going to be a decoy in this game. For sure. Um, But, yeah, so that that is from Week 18, I believe. We're finally catching up on that game. So let's get into the week we have, where we have um, some Wednesday fixtures. We have Luton Town at Pool. We have one Wednesday fixture, sorry. Luton Town at Pool. Um, Anfield is one of the toughest places, if not the toughest place, to play in the Premier League. And Liverpool have looked like the best team in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But Luton Town put in these weird performances against these big six teams. And like what we saw today, they they can put up a fight. I'm going to go with 3-1 to Liverpool. I got 4-0 to Pool. I think that they may have been emotionally drained after this, this match. I can't blame you. And they have to play like right like Liverpool played Saturday. They're the last game on Sunday. Liverpool were the first game on Saturday. They had an extra day's That's a break. full extra day's rest. Yeah. They had an easy outing. They didn't have to exert themselves. Um but they did. Town were playing at in fifth gear since the seventh minute of this game. But they did suffer uh some injury blows. Yeah, so true. we'll have to see if that affects the performances. But I agree with you. I don't think it affects the But Liverpool them also have in besides City have the second best bench in the league. I agree. Great point. What's the next game for you? All right, next up, now we come into the Saturday games. We have Burnley at Crystal Palace. Well, I think this will be an underrated, entertaining game, actually. Um, depending on which Palace team we see with Glasnier at the oh, helm. Yeah, which Burnley shows up, too. 
I want to hear your prediction first. What do you think? I'm thinking it's going to be 0-0. Zero, 0-0? Zero. Zero, zero. I think it's going to be one of those games where it's a chess match, but it ultimately doesn't result in anyone getting checkmated. If Olise or Eze come back in time for this game, I can see Palace sneaking away with a win, but if I'm going to assume both are not playing, and I'm going to go 1-0 to the Burnley. Next up on Saturday, we have Forrest at Aston Villa. Forrest has been in great form. They're putting mm-hmm. in good performances. Uh, Villa, we saw in a very good performance against Fulham. Man, this is a tough one to go. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win to Villa. I got 1-0 to Forrest. I can see it. I can I can see that. Yeah. See, I, I, and I did these predictions before they even played this weekend. So, so now you got respect for Nuno. Yeah, I just think it <laughs> flows with me, man. Fair enough. Because th- th- the way he played against Arsenal still kind of just rubs me the wrong Rubbed way. Rubbed the wrong way. That's fair. But, you know, he had to because you've got to play Liverpool City and Arsenal a certain way. Yeah. Because you you can't do what he did to you can't West play, Ham against an Arsenal City or Liverpool. You can't open up against Arsenal and City in particular. Yeah. I'm with you. All right, so next up we have Fulham visiting Manchester United, the informed team in the league. No one better than Manchester United right now. Very true. Um, and I don't think Fulham is going to put in the performance to surprise us, although it's basically a game of roulette with them. Yeah, you don't know who's going to show up. They're like playing Dungeons & Dragons, and they just roll natural 20-some games and just destroy people. If it's a game of roulette and Fulham's black and Man United is red, I'm going to go with red on this one. But I think it's going to be very close contested, 2-1. to one. I have 2-1 to one to Man United as well. Gotcha. All right, moving on for Saturday, we have Everton at Brighton. Wow, that's going to be another big game, in my opinion, because uh, I think Everton put in a good shift tomorrow against Palace, um, and I think they get out of the relegation zone. But Brighton have been really good uh, since losing to Luton 5-0. I'm going to go with 2-1, no, 2-0 to Brighton in this game. I know I'm wrong, and I don't know why I picked this, but my prediction was Everton 1-0. to Okay. I mean, like like I said, Brighton has these days where they don't put in a performance that is convincing enough. Everton is the type of team to just frustrate these types of opponents. Definitely not out of the ordinary to pick a 1-0 to Everton. I can see that as well. Okay, next up we have City at Bournemouth. The Cherry Prince continues the Spanish table against Pep Guardiola. <laughs> we'll have to revisit that Spanish table at the yeah. end of the season for sure. Well, I want to do it once all the other games are completed, the for second sure. round. For sure. Uh yeah, I mean, I just think with the way Bournemouth play, I think that's suited for City to take advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. I think Bournemouth make it interesting. I'm going to go 4-2 to two, uh, to City in a fun one. I got City 3-0. No. That's I what I see. put. I could see it too. Yeah. I mean, just with the way Bournemouth are so aggressive. And they have to make a statement after what happened against the, the, the Blues of London. For sure. And Erling Holland, I feel like, will be having his day out again at Bournemouth. Because he's playing the the Robin Hood, mm-hmm. not the Robin Hood, the Archer, not the Archer, Dominic Solanke. Thank you. I hope that they can do something, but I just feel like City's got is primed to put themselves back in it. I agree. But you know they do play another game um, in true. two days, so maybe they may be tired. I don't know, but I usually I, City. Around I hope the- for your prediction. I think mine's going to come true though. We're in the same boat that. We believe City will win uh, throughout the next two months, three months. But what we saw from this past weekend is that maybe could not be the case. So, you know, we never know. Okay. And after that, we have Newcastle coming to the Emirates to play Arsenal. Man, you guys hate each other, it seems like, every time you guys play. (laughs) Well, it's funny. So, I know I quote him a lot. Gentleman Clive Palmer. I think he's a very intelligent man. I try not to do his tactics because I feel like I'm just copying. But I like his insights. 
And he is a man who gets to go to the home and away games um, in in the UK. And he seems to think that Newcastle wants to have a rivalry with Arsenal. And Arsenal really is just kind of doesn't want to have a rivalry with them. But I kind of I see that. But I also say, no, we were really mad when they did us two years ago uh, to cost us the Champions League. I'm still annoyed with them. But they really want to make it a rivalry from what he says, the fans and everybody. And it seems like since Bruno's been there specifically, mm-hmm. that Newcastle have upped the intensity level specifically when they play you yeah. guys. Uh, Bruno likes to be an instigator when they, especially what we saw in the last game where it was very physical, all kicking off from when Kai Havertz killed a man on the field. Not literally, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> hypothetically. Uh, I could just, I think Kai would make a very good, like, you ever read Batman comics and when he doesn't face a super villain, he just faces like a killer on the streets yeah. of Gotham? Kai Havers looks like one of those guys. For sure. He's Jack the Ripper without the Ripper part. Yeah. I got you. Pause. Um, in that regard, I think you guys make a statement in this game. I think this is the point where you know, you've know you given Newcastle a little bit too much credit, and mm-hmm. I think you guys finally kick it into third gear. I'm going 2-0 to the goons. So that's what I got too. Nice. I don't think it'll be a blowout win. I think it'll be similar to the, the Liverpool. Because Newcastle are... For have, sure. At full strength, Newcastle are a quality side, and yep. they should be respected and sure. feared, depending on what opponent you are. You can't hold them anything against them. But right now in their state, I think it will probably be like a 2-0, like I, I believe, or a 3-1. And Arsenal, over the last three to four games, have looked like the best team in the Premier League with the results that they've been getting. Don't ever... Make that face of credit, me giving you credit ever again, okay? Put a serious face on right now. <laughs> What's the next game for us? Sorry, so that's Newcastle, um, our Newcastle Arsenal ends Saturday. Sunday we have Sheffield. It opens with Sheffield at Wolves. God, I hate giving you credit. Um, anyway. <laughs> hey, I gave you a lot of credit this week. That's because it benefited you. That's yeah, what. no, but uh, like, I also, like, <laughs> I've defended Pochettino with All seasons. Right. I don't know who you would get that could do a better job. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think Bully's going to hire Tuchel after he fired him. Yep. Because I think he would be the best choice, but he was already there and he didn't work. If Tuchel comes back, I want I want the baby come back video as his like announcement video. That's what I want. Anyways, let's let's we've given up, we've talked enough about Chelsea. We've today. been jumping around. It's tangent <laughs> tangent Sunday here. But um, back to Sheffield Wolves. My thing in this game is Wolves are a great team. Mm-hmm. But it, I just I don't know why I just I feel that Sheffield has had better performances sometimes than they perform better than their their. We're in the same boat. I, I'm. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. With the way Wolves play and with the way Blades play, the Blades of Wilder play, I can see this being a very close contested yeah. game. I think in my I just I see a one-one draw. Yeah, and I think I'm going to agree with you on this. I'm going to go with one-one as well. I just see a, a a scenario where, I mean, obviously this game could end five-nil to Wolves. Yeah, and it, it would could. not surprise us. No, but I completely agree with you that the way they these two teams play, they're suited for each other in a competitive match. Because you and me have both talked this whole season about how Luton and Bournemouth have been outperformed. Did we're doing better than they? We're doing on paper, and we saw that early on. I'm starting to see this from Sheffield. Don't get me wrong. They're still not a good team, but there's something there. Since since Wilder has been there, we've seen a much, much better uh, Blades team. Yeah. I agree with you. One-to-one, but wouldn't be surprised. I think Wolves are at the forward. level that they can do do something against. Yeah. They're a great team, but I think they're, they're, they're a good team. They're not at the elite level. Yeah, and we're saying this right after Wolves just beat Spurs, but... Yeah. 
if you, in a week's time, it's it's the Premier League, anything can happen. I'm with you. But I, it just it seems like a matchup. If this was Spurs Sheffield, I would say Spurs win three to nine one. to do, nine zero. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. With Wolves, um, you know, I think we'll we won't be surprised if it's four to one to Wolves. But I'm with you, one to one. What's the next game? I just got some feeling about Sheffield. I don't know what it is, man. Um, And that actually, that's the only game on Sunday. And then Monday we have Brentford at West Ham. Gotcha. Two low block teams. So we'll be hopefully getting the podcast out early next week. Yeah, for sure. Um, Luton or not Luton? um, Brentford or West Ham? Brentford and West Ham both like to absorb pressure in their low block. So it's going to be very interesting to see which team is going to be playing on the front foot. I think also um, with Tony. They have they have the ability to swing wide. I've seen Tony yeah. and the goalkeeper do the team up where they immediately throw it out. Tony's running, he gets the ball. They did it five times against Arsenal and one time it scored. That's all it takes. Yeah. I'm with to you bust, to bust a team like West Ham open. I'm gonna go with one nil to Brentford. I got two nil to Brentford. Two nil to Brentford. I just with West Ham over the last couple of performances, it's hard to pick them right now. Well, it's hard because like <laughs> you you told you texted me yesterday. Um, who they just beat them up really bad? Forrest. You go, Forrest is beating up West Ham bad. I go, everyone's beat up West Ham since they beat Arsenal in last year. Well, that's what we talked about last podcast. Yeah. I mentioned that they have not won since they beat you guys in mm-hmm. December. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we we said last we game. We both made this point emphatically yeah. that West Ham, I think whatever Pixie Dust are packed with a demon from the fifth dimension they did to win that game, the it's Moy's, cost them dearly. Yeah, the Moy's magic is running out, it yeah. seems. But... Um, that's going to be a fun game. I'm happy that's on a Monday night so I can get some 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 viewership because I think that's two interesting mm-hmm. teams who play a certain style of play. That's well, for us, it's a lunchtime game. so Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no Monday night football for us, man. Yeah. <laughs> Painful. But uh, that covers the preview. You ready to get into some stoppage time? Yeah, so let's do the stoppage time question of the prediction of the real Carabao Cup final uh, next Sunday. And then I have well, how many, before we get started, we, guys, we generally don't give each other a lot of info on what we're doing here. How many questions do you have? Because I got two for you. So if if you if one of yours is the Carabao Cup final, nope. okay, then I have two questions. Okay, then you go first and I'll go, we'll go back for it. Go we'll ahead. Start, we'll start with the, the Premier League sort of related one. Carabao Cup final, uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool at Wembley. Uh, what is your prediction, Matthew? Matt, sorry. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's now. fine. I, I don't mind. As long as you're going to call me, I'll tell you after. There's a version of my name I don't like being called by men. It makes me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it makes you guys sound like child predators. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be Liverpool 3-1, to one, but I want it to be Chelsea 1-0. to nil. I agree. I don't know about 3-1, but I agree that Liverpool win because they're just... They have so much quality going forward, and Salah playing against a former team that he used to play for. It's just... Well, I just want the conversation to be that whoever wins the League Cup, they always if Arsenal doesn't win the title, there's some pundit who will go, well, Chelsea won the League Cup, and they finished ninth. Better season than Arsenal finishing second? <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, oh, I, I want that. I love that stuff, man. It cracks stupid. me up. Uh, but in regards to it, Liverpool... And I think um, you guys will finish 7th or 6th, not ninth. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that, Matt. Uh, well, you got some stiff competition. You're coming from behind. That's true. Pause. Uh, with <laughs> Liverpool... Um, Sorry. I'm still traumatized from when we played Liverpool two seasons ago in the Carabao Cup Final and FA Cup Final, where we drawed them in 90 minutes and lost on penalties to Kepa, skying one to literally Africa. Uh, literally sent it to Africa. 
not the ball. I'm talking about his plane because that's where we should have sent him after his PK. <laughs> um, but I, I just don't see a scenario where Liverpool don't come out with the mentality that they're going to come with and not score three goals against it. So I'm going to go three to three nil, and I'll be very sad if it happens. But I think it is three nil. So this kind of piggies back onto my stoppage time. So I think I alluded to this earlier. I was saying that you got Chelsea. The Chelsea team has had a heck of a week. Yeah. Um, going from a Monday to a Saturday. Um, like I said, you you got Roy killed. You sent him off to the, the gulag. Yeah. Um, and then you opened up the tile race. And I was saying, yes, Gene, text messages to you, all hail Potch. Um, and unfortunately, your team is still 10th. But how are you feeling as a Chelsea team? Because, like, I've been in – the Arsenal last three seasons, two seasons have – 2.5 seasons have been good. and But I re- still remember the the where, oh my God, can we at least get in the Europa League seasons? Yep. And I, I have a feeling where you're coming from. How are you feeling overall um, right now after this really good week for you guys? So overall, you know, from a season's perspective, from a project perspective, you can't help but be a little bit satisfied from what you've seen with the potential that what you can see from this team. You know, they've made it to a Carabao Cup final. They're in the FA Cup. You could do a League Cup double this year. They haven't done specifically well in the league, but they've gotten big results where they drawed Liverpool, start of the season. They drawed Arsenal. They tied 4-4 with City, tied 1-1 with City. You can see the potential. The frustration just comes specifically from the fact, as we touched on earlier, win, lose, or draw, we just still are fucking 7th fucking place in the fucking league. You're 10th. 10th, that's what I meant, sorry, 10th <laughs> place in the league, and it's just like, that City game in particular, that was a win to put us in 8th or 7th place, yeah, and, and it seems like every single time we are so close to getting into single digits of the table, we always falter right then and there, and I think that's just where it's frustrating, but it's something we can at least build on for next season. Yeah, and because your team seems to, when it's a team in the Six, seven, six through first spot can always seem to give them a bloody nose, yeah. or even it's like the Spurs win. Right. Um, but when it's against teams you need to do to jump, like Wolves, you can't do it. Yeah, and that's exactly a, that's a great point. Uh, Brentford, when we had the run, when we played yeah. you guys, City yeah. couldn't get past Brentford because uh, Brentford's in your pack too. <laughs> yep. Um, and when you look at you know. How many players we brought in in the summer? You know, it's always going to be hard for a team to just shoot up and be fourth in the in the, in the Champions League race. You can't have those expectations because it's a totally different coach and a totally different starting eleven. I can't help but think that tenth place with how bad and could we've been this season? I it's actually a fair position for how we perform. So this wasn't in my question, but so you just said it's fair where you perform. I said that you guys should finish in that sixth or seventh range. Hmm. Um. Do you think that's reasonable, or do you think you're more of an 8th, ninth, or 10th place overall at the end of the season? I, you know, 6th is going to be tough to reach, but 7th and 8th, I feel like, is probably should at least be the target, at minimum. Um, if you if we get one of the two cups, you know, Carabao Cup or FA Cup, and we get 7th or 8th, I will take that after what we've seen from the first half of the season. Okay. Um, and I, I don't think... <coughs> sorry, I should say this correctly. I don't think Pochettino should be sacked if he gets his team 7th or 8th. I think his his position should be under review if he gets 10th place. I don't think he should be an immediate sack if he gets 10th place, right? I think they should assess the market, 
see if there is an option out there that can improve the team, but it's a brand new team. He needs time, and I think that he should be given at least a year and a half, so up until around December or January of next year, to really see where this potential at Chelsea So to go down be. your team, uh, the Chelsea squad, I know that uh, Silva and um, Raheem Sterling have played <clears throat> in the league a long time. I'm having a really hard time thinking of another player that's been a player in the league other than Cole Palmer. It seems like you have a lot of new blood in there. So yeah, for for Premier League experienced players, you have Caicedo who played his first full season gotcha, at Brighton last Caicedo. year. Yeah. yeah, we had Enzo who only played six months of Premier League uh, last year. Um, ben Chilwell been injured mm-hmm. since Vietnam. I'm with you, man. There's not much Premier League experience and in this side. F- so I I try to listen to other teams' podcasts, and I listen to a um, what was it? Liverpool, mm-hmm. where they're saying that they've gotten the lucky with bringing in players from Europe. Um, it's it's is it luck though? Because they've already they already have Premier League experienced players in their side. It's so yeah, much easier to join a team with we, chemistry. We, I'm just listening to the, the Arteta Rise of yeah. Arsenal book, and Edu is quoted in the book as saying he prioritized players that have at least played in the Premier League, even if they are coming from the Premier League. Um, he didn't say this outright, but he kind of read it. The author kind of read in between the lines that the players they plucked exclusively from Europe haven't been as successful other than Odegaard mm-hmm. um, to bring it into them to the league. Yeah. Do you think that too much um, non-Premier League <clears throat> talent at one time is like Todd Bowley when he was in charge of transfers underestimated how much that mattered? I uh, for sure. Um, in terms of immediate results, yes. Yeah. But long term, long term, because yeah. like to me, Mudrick was a project when yeah. Arsenal wanted him. For sure. And I thought seventy million was steep for him, but what you guys paid for him seemed outrageous because he wasn't going to be ready to go right away. Yeah. And with what we've seen from the Chelsea team as a whole, is they can beat the very good teams on a on their day, or they can give in a good performance. But where Premier League experience come from is, can you beat Crystal Palace? Can you beat Brentford? Can you beat Wolves? The true Premier League mid-table teams that have a much more different play style that is suited for absorbing pressure like a West Ham. Mm -hmm. Those are the teams that Chelsea cannot beat. They can go toe-to-toe with any other team in the league, but teams that are willing to give up possession and pretty much force teams to Mm -hmm. literally play through them, like what Nottingham Forest had Arsenal do. They forced you guys to play through them, and it costed them. Chelsea haven't figured that out yet. And that's going to be a big building block for Pochettino in the offseason to see if he can improve the uh, Chelsea playing against a low-block side. Cole Palmer seems like a man who can do that. He seems like the X factor for this Mm -hmm. Chelsea team in attack. And I've said this all season that Caicedo is the key for the team going forward. So those are the two big players, in my opinion, that are going to be huge for Chelsea in the future. So I just thought of a bonus question for you, but let's get into your next question so we can stay on some sort of reasonable time frame for this podcast to keep close to our hour to hour and a half goal. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Very scuffed uh, podcast. And that's my fault entirely. Matt, Matt's done his job very well today. Um, But in regards to my second... I try to be professional in every aspect of my life unless i failed miserably thank you but mate. what's your next question mate uh this is more world football related yeah killian mbappe has announced he is no longer renewing his contract for psg what a surprise yay yeah. we all knew this was happening hey, arsenal fans he ain't coming to us so stop making yeah. memes yep exactly um, was that your question <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> with killian pretty much uh 
I wouldn't want to say certified 100%, but it's like 98%. Yeah, Los, El Blanco or Los Blancos, whatever they call themselves. Yeah. He's pretty much going to Real Madrid. The, the pen, Bernabeu. Yeah. Pending any, you know, crazy turns in the song. Yeah. The just, only team I think that could poach this might be Manchester United. Yeah. Because, well, Spurs have money. I don't think they have Mbappe money. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I don't know what's going on with me right now. I apologize. Excuse me. But, yes, my question is... With Kylian Mbappe going to Real Madrid, is there any team in world football that's going to compete with this Real Madrid team for the next two to three seasons? Uh, because they are now going to have Kylian Mbappe, Vinicius Jr. Doesn't matter who's playing right wing, whether that's Valverde or Rodrigo. Then you have a midfield that is uh, graced from God with Jude Bellingham, Chouameni, and uh, Arda Guler or Tony Cruz, Modric, whoever that third midfielder is. And then a defensive line that is solidified. Mm-hmm. With the best goalkeeper in the world in Courtois. Matt, is there any hope for us Premier League fans in the future of playing against this Real Madrid team in the Champions League, possibly? I believe there is hope. Because, remember, it's they only face them in tournament football. <clears throat> yeah. And tournament football is fluky. Um, you could, the, could have that thing where Tottenham had in the FA Cup where they had bad pasta and they had all that mm-hmm. diarrhea. You, tournament football is very odd. Because you could face the team that you could beat nine times out of ten when you drop it to five out of five. Um, I think there's always a chance. Now, that chance will greatly diminish if something happens to City. um, Because that will fall into my bonus question here in a little bit. Like if Pepper tires or something like that. No, I'm thinking more of the the charges against them and the financial fair play having teeth to make the league more competitive um, internally to make it less competitive externally. Do you think Real Madrid is... This new Real Madrid that's coming as the second coming of the Galacticos uh, mm-hmm. from the early two thousands. You think it's yeah. this is the Real Madrid of the past now, right? But the I've been I watched something on YouTube that is they're trying to explain how they're going to get the money for Mbappe. They've been scrolling away money, but the sums of money involved are just ludicrous. They're talking they may have to sell somebody like a Vinicius Junior for sure. And if they have to sell Vinicius, that's a huge loss for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, if he goes to one of those Premier League teams, yeah. dude, that that could be a revitalization for whoever obtains a player I, like Vinicius. I think that he is one of those guys who could fit in any team in the Premier League. For sure. Um, Chelsea, I'd love for you guys to put in a bid for him if we ever sneak into Europe, but why would he come to a team that's not in the Champions League? I'm just speaking publicly for the public to listen to me publicly, publicly speaking. So the the player, the teams that he said that were open were Manchester United because they have the capital to do it. Yep. Tottenham actually have the capital to do for Vinicius, not an Mbappe. Yep. Manchester City, but... <coughs> they have Jeremy Doku. They have a lot of talent on the left yeah, They also would have to sell somebody to make room under financial fair play. Because even though they have now the top revenue, it's second top, the top revenue in England, second revenue in all of the world football. Yeah. Can, um, you, can you imagine Vinicius with Holland and KDB? Oh, I just I shut up the Premier League. Yeah. Just Everyone should just give Hang him the trophy out. every year. Yeah. Um, he did not mention... Um, Arsenal, Chelsea, or um, any of the other teams in the league. Yeah, it has Liverpool. To be. Liverpool to me is always in the conversation, but I don't think they have the money to talk in those kind of sums. They would have to sell. They, Luis. He makes more than Salah right now, and he, he would have. Stretch. They would have to sell Luis Diaz, or they'd have to sell Salah. Yeah, and I mean Salah could be leaving in the yeah. summer, so it's if, definitely if, not out of the out of the possibility. Because Salah is in one of these unique spots where the Saudi Arabian league really wants Salah. Mm-hmm. 
because he's, he's that region of the world's Leon. Uh, he'd be like Messi their face. Ronaldo. He'd be yeah. the face of the, mm-hmm. of the of the league. Now let's go ahead and get into your final stop uh, question for us. Well, my second one. I do Sorry. have a one that kind of popped up, but actually, you know what? I'll write that one down. I'll save it for next week because okay. this one may be a little long. Um, you said you last week you wanted to discuss the blue cards. Yeah. Um, so this is when I heard this idea being played around. It was called an orange card. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they changed the color to blue. Yep. I got no clue. But so it basically is the sin bin orange card that was talked about in the past. Um, and that Sheffield game made me think of this. And I immediately went out and found the rules and pasted them into my little pad I make, guys. I literally have old school paper because I can't um, record the podcast and look at my screen at the same time. Um, so I have put everything on paper. So it would be a 10 minute sin bin and it would be an object. It would be in addition to a yellow. If you get a yellow and a blue, it's a red. You get two blues, it's a red. You know, you get, a, you know, yeah, so I gotcha. two yellows, you're still getting a red. Um, and it gives 10 minutes. For the offense in the Sheffield game, I think this would be. I understand why they're putting it around, but I also kind of agree with Ange, um, who says it could ruin the game. Yeah. Where do you stand on it? Because I am 50 50 and I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm just going to see if it's implemented or not. I am, something needs to be done because of these 10-minute infractions in the first 20 minutes of game that have sure. ramifications for the whole game. I am always for improving the game of any sport. But in regards to the blue card in particular, I take more of a traditional route that you're adding a third huge change in a game where if you get a sin bin in the 80th minute, you know, you're basically mm-hmm. down to 10 men for the rest of the game. What sport I think could use a, a blue card or something like that? It, like is in, in the sport of basketball with Draymond Green, for example. I don't think this is suited for football simply because the yellow card already gives them a warning that they should be very careful mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. Caicedo got a yellow very early in the first I, half uh, I against think the City. The refs need to use the yellow cards more effectively because yeah. it's like. They need to, like, be able to brandish it at them and, you know, like, let them know that, like, you need to calm down. Right. And with where the yellow card is basically utilized nowadays, it's, like, almost like you have to commit two fouls before getting a yellow. Mm -hmm. Technically, you should be getting a foul after one, maybe even after the first foul, depending on how vicious it is. Yeah, like you said, Casemiro should have been sent off today. Exactly. There's a lot of reluctancy because... I don't know if this is what PGMO or VAR is pointing towards, but it seems like they want... They don't want to ruin the game, which I completely yeah. understand, but there's rules in place for a reason, and they have to be followed. But rugby has a similar structure, and it hasn't ruined rugby. To me, it makes rugby very interesting. Like I'm going to go to drive to Las Vegas here on the end of the at the end the beginning of next month to go watch Australian rugby NRL, and uh, we're probably going to have to move this podcast to the Monday yeah. because I won't be back in time. No, yeah, but. In regards to it, I take more of a traditional route. Are you kind of? You said you were fifty fifty. I'm fifty fifty because it does. It hasn't ruined rugby, but I get how it could ruin football. Yeah, it's just when you go down to ten men for ten minutes, that's going to feel like too long of a time for a mm-hmm. team to capitalize on. And if you're giving out blue cards, that shouldn't be. That's not enough to penalize somebody to take them out of a game for ten minutes, because then you're also. <coughs> Sorry, guys. To also, you're also to an extent risking injury uh, because if they go off, they sit for 10 minutes, they have yeah. to warm back up, they have to get back ready to jump into back into an intense game depending on where they are. But in that, to counterpoint that, ice hockey has a similar thing in right. the penalty box, and 
they don't seem to have as big an issue with it. That's true. Um, I guess with... But it's also a more compacted... Close, um, yeah, close quarters. Close quarters game. And, I mean, like what? I think like two and a half to three hockey arenas can fit in the average football pitch. Yeah, but <laughs> at the same time, like they're carrying like what? Ten pounds worth of, yeah, of stuff on them. Like, you know, we don't, we don't want to... We're not one of those types of people, you and I, I'm speaking for the both of us, I hope I'm not wrong here, where we put respect towards other sports and with the Mm -hmm. fatigue that it can have on you. I don't think, I just think with football in general, with it being outside in a pitch with 100 yards, 150 yards worth of grass, you're just risking a little bit more of an injury uh, because, you know, you can, especially if you're an England man, like it gets cold quickly, Mm got to put your jacket on, then you got to rewarm up. It's just very risky to keep the mentality of... Yeah, that's true. The gear in hockey does keep you warm. If my brother was here, we could have him jump in and explain yeah. he's a hockey player. Um, but yeah, I, I'm intrigued by it, and I always have been, because yeah. there are there's two instances in this weekend where it could have made a difference, because I don't think Sheffield deserved to be down to 10 men the whole game. Yeah. In this instance, I think that would have been suffice of punishment for Sheffield. Yeah. And... Casemiro needed to be punished more than the one yellow he got. Maybe this would have been a better alternative to maybe you know, like, hey, you want to screw around? Well, you're, sure. you're going to be down to 10 men against this team who's giving you a good run. You want to keep mess pushing my buttons, a-hole? Yeah. <laughs> and I, or whatever Brazilian or Portuguese sure. a-hole is. <laughs> I just wish referees had a little bit more... Uh, authority on the pitch than how like kind of kind of like how they used to like i remember this bald referee back in like the early 2000s where like a player would run up on him like arguing a thing and he would literally like go eyes right into his face like yeah i'm sure you would i'm sure you would and then he would give him a yellow nowadays mm-hmm. these referees just kind of fold they point him to go away bring a little bit of, of of intensity back man like if these players are coming at you and abusing you you as a referee should have a right mm-hmm. to say you are wrong that's a foul all day long back up or i'm giving you a yellow Simple. I'm pointing at my York, York City scarf. I went to a non-league football match. Yep. Your player play got around. pissed. He gave him the red card, sent him mm. off. They were down. And then the entire stand I was in was chanting, um, you're a dickhead to the referee. Yeah. And the ref- Boy, referee, you're a dickhead. <laughs> For 10 minutes. And we ended, they ended up losing that game. Yeah, but but yeah. I had fun. And it was great to see it. This yeah. man is making minimum wage. And he's standing up to 40 cold, or sorry, in f- cold weather to like 450 Englishmen. Yeah, so like. He, and a little kid giving him the middle finger. You could be criticized for 90 minutes, but appreciated by the rest of the world for making the right decision. Mm-hmm. If Casemiro needed to be put in his place in this game. And I know, but he's gotten more. Uh, yeah, the, they said he's gotten more collared here in, for playing for Manchester United than all of his career in Real Madrid. <laughs> That's insane. And I think he has, like, what, three red cards already this mm-hmm. season? Crazy. No, it, since he's been here, he's gotten four red cards total. Oh, my gosh. And he's been here for, what, now, a season and a half two, now? That was two seasons. Oh, my gosh. All righty, guys. We have had a very special episode. <laughs> I apologize. I guess I'm just not feeling very well today, guys. I will try to be better next weekend. And Hydrate. <laughs> yes, uh, I will try not to belch in your ears as well. All right. Uh, well, we'll see you yeah. next week. We'll be catching up on the game that's going to be played on Monday and Tuesday. So we're going to do the same format going into the next week, guys, um, because we just got so much football. Like I say, I always say, live long and we'll watch some football and see you next week. <laughs>